0: I admire people that can grow a garden, uh, you know, a vegetable garden, a flower garden, any kind of garden. I admire them. Anybody here can grow a garden? Anybody? Okay, so, you know, some of you are lying. I've been to your house. I know you can grow a garden. Uh, you know, I, I just have a great amount of respect for those people. Uh, I tried to grow a garden one time. We bought a house, and there was a perfect place for a garden, and nothing grew there. So, you know, I went out there and I prepared the soil, I tilled it and I put all the stuff in it and it never grew anything until I wanted to plant a garden. And then it decided all the weeds wanted to grow. Uh, And so I I didn't know where these weeds come from and said, I know I did not plant weed seed in there. I planted squash, I planted okra, I, I planted peppers, but the only thing I got was weeds and a few peppers and stuff like that. So I admire those individuals that can grow a garden. You know, Jesus told a story one time about uh, a a gardener, a guy who planted some wheat, but some weed came up in the midst of his wheat. And I think it's appropriate that we we talk about this story uh, this morning because we just got through with the book of Jude. And Jude talks about those individuals who were fake Christians, who were, who were not true believers, they were deceivers, and they had entered into the church and they were leading the church astray. And we wanna know how did this happen? How does such things like this happen? I think Jesus gives us an answer in his parable uh, in this story we're gonna look at in Matthew chapter 13. And the context of this story is the kingdom of heaven. It's the, it's the kingdom of God, and there's a the debate over exactly what is the kingdom of heaven. What is, is the kingdom of God? Most commentators agree it's talking about the rule and reign of God in people's lives. The rule and reign of God in people's lives. So because it's talking about uh, the rule and the reign of God's in people's, people's lives, we're surprised when we find out there's weeds actually growing amongst the wheat, It catches us off guard as we look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and then we'll skip over and look at 36 through 43 when Jesus interprets it for us. So go ahead and open your Bibles there as we look at these words this morning under the heading, Mixed Conditions in the Kingdom. And as we look at these words, we're going to ask three questions from the text, and hopefully we can find the answer to those questions as we delve into the passage. Notice what the passage says. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Now we skip down to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Three questions. The first question we want to ask is How do these mixed conditions occur? Jesus said that a farmer went out and sold some good seed. But while everyone was sleeping, under the cover of darkness, somebody came in and sold weed seed on top of his good seed. The first thing we see about how this happened is it occurred secretly. These mixed conditions occur secretly. Under the cover of darkness, this person comes in and disperses his weed seed. It was a a hidden effort. It was a covert operation. It was a secret mission. Like Johnny Appleseed going out and casting his seed, this person came under the cover of darkness and dispersed weed seed in the midst of the good seed. It's just as true today. There's still weed seed amongst the wheat you see, it makes no difference how much we counsel an individual. It makes no difference how much we disciple an individual. There will still be mixed conditions in the kingdom. We cannot guard against it. Or we, we, the enemy comes in and he outwits us. He outsmarts us and he places right smack there in the middle these individuals who come in secretly mixed conditions occur secretly. Second, the mixed conditions occur confusingly. As you study biblical geography, you begin to understand something about this plant that he's talking about, this weed. This weed, most commentators agree, was the Darnell weed. And the Darnell weed was an interesting weed because even the expert farmer could not tell the difference between the Darnell weed and the regular weed. The sprouts looked the same. The the blades resembled that of a weed. They had the same texture. They had the same color. They had the same size. So it it was easy to confuse a wheat with a weed. It was just almost impossible to distinguish it. And the thing about it, it's just as confusing today as it was in those days. Listen, you can have a person walk down this aisle. You can have a person that you you meet on the street. You can go visit somebody in the home. They are not wearing a neon sign that says, I'm a wheat. I'm a weed. They're not doing it. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish those individuals. You can't tell just by looking at them. You just can't do it. So it occurs confusingly. Third, these mixed conditions occur harmfully. As you begin to look at this little plant and you study this Darnell plant, you not only discover that it's not just useless, it's also poisonous. It has within it a, 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 a narcotic side effects. Within it, there's, there's a little black seed within the Darnell plant. And if you chew on that seed, it makes you dizzy. It makes you even nauseated to a certain point. Jesus is saying that there's something harmful about these mixed conditions in the kingdom of heaven. There's something harmful about these mixed conditions in the rule and reign of God. And it's still harmful today. It still hurts the fellowship today. You see these, these mixed conditions, these weeds amongst the wheat, it, it hurts the fellowship of the church It hurts the reputation of the church and it hurts the cause of Christ. The fellowship can be disrupted. The reputation of the church can be affected. It's harmful to the kingdom of heaven. It's harmful to have these mixed conditions within the kingdom. So they occur secretly. They occur confusingly. They occur harmfully. Fourth, he says they occur intimately. In the text, he says that that he came in and he sowed the weeds among the wheat. Uh, the original language is, is a little bit more dramatic than that. And it says right down on top of the wheat, the weeds were sown. You know what we would say in Texas, right smack dab in the middle. He was right smack dab in the middle of them. There he was. He planted that weed right smack dab in the middle. The point is it was intimately sown within the wheat. It was there. The fact of the matter is, Within the kingdom of God, within the kingdom of of heaven, within the rule and reign of Christ, within his church, hear me on this, there could be wheat and weeds singing together. There there could be wheat and weeds praying together. There could be wheat and weeds ministering together. There could be wheat and weeds teaching together. There's an intimacy between the two. They are involved in each other's lives they are incognito so to speak we have a perfect example of this in the bible the bible tells us that jesus had 12 disciples they, they, they lived with him. They, they, they ate with him. They fellowship with him. Uh, they, they told stories together. Uh, the, Jesus was there. They, they heard all the teachings of Jesus. They slept on the side of the road together. They shared meals together. Jesus sent them out to do ministry in his name. All of them. But at the end of the time, we find out that one of them was not a true believer. One of them was not a true follower of Christ. He was an incognito disciple. And we know that Judas was not one of the original ones that followed him. Of the original ones that followed him, he turned out not to be a follower. It's the same thing as revealed in this parable. It's almost as if Jesus was speaking to the large crowd and he was pointing fingers. He says, some of you are wheat. Some of you are weed. It's like he was pointing it out. He said, multitude of you, you claim allegiance to me, but you're a mixed multitude. Some of you are wheat. Some of you are weeds. Some of you are true disciples. Some of you are false Disciples. These words are just as relevant today as they were when they were spoken 2,000 years ago. There are still mixed conditions in the kingdom of God today. Many who claim to be a follower of Christ are not a follower of Christ. Many who claim to be a disciple of Jesus are not a disciple of Jesus. There are weeds growing amongst the wheat, there are mixed conditions within the kingdom. So that's the first question we answer. How do these mixed conditions occur? Second, what is the purpose of these mixed conditions? The purpose of the mixed conditions is to destroy the wheat. That's their purpose. And really, to be honest, they do their most damaging work in the very beginning. Uh, During the growing season, what happens is is, is the the roots of the darnel plant, the roots of, of of the weed begin to strangle the roots of the wheat, and it begins taking the nutrients away from the wheat and giving them to the weed, and it stymies the growth of the wheat. What are the implications for us? They're astounding as you consider this scenario. Where does Satan want to do his most damaging work? In something that's alive or something that's dead? He wants to do it in something that's alive. That's where he he wants to do his his most damaging work. Listen, dead churches usually do not have problems. You know why they don't? Because they're dead. They don't know it. They don't know there's not a heartbeat. They don't know there's not life because they're already dead. Dead churches have a lot of money. Dead churches have a lot of space. Dead churches have a lot of teachers. Dead churches have everything except people, converts, and baptisms. What's the sign of new life? Baptisms. People joining. People being a part of a fellowship of believers because they want to be a part of something that's live and something that's vibrant. Living churches. Living churches. They have financial stress. Living churches have, have worker shortage. They have loud youth. Uh, they, they, have, they have children running around. They have facilities that are used and they have facilities that are abused. Why? Because it's life. It's living. It, it's, it's vibrant. But see, then weeds come in, into the, into the fellowship and they begin to complain about trivial things. Things that that do not matter in the kingdom of God. That they get stirred up over insignificant matters. They refuse to change. They stifle the growth and they inflict pain on those who are on the front lines of ministry. That's what they do. Satan's desire is to damage the church. Satan's desire is to inflict pain upon the body of Christ. I think it's interesting. What do we call someone who is placed in an undercover position for the purpose of spying or deception? A plant. That's what we call them. They're a plant. They're there, but they're not part of us. I think it's interesting that Jesus uses a plant to describe the mixed conditions within the kingdom. Third question, what can we do about these mixed conditions? Probably as you're reading this, you're a little bit surprised. Uh, you, you may be feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I know what you're doing. You start looking around. Weed or weed? You start looking around and see who's fidgeting in their pew. And your eyes start, you, you may not be moving your eyes, but you're kind of looking around and darting your eyes back and forth. I know what some of you are doing. Some of you are looking up here and say, weed or Weed. I said, how, how dare this weed of a fella tell me what I'm supposed to be doing? You see, that's what we, that's what we do. We begin fidgeting. We're not comfortable. I wasn't comfortable bearing this. It's a hard situation. So we start asking, what can we do? What can we do? I, I know what the impulse is uh, of those of us that are here. It's revealed in the response of the servants. Look at Verse 28. Of this passage, when they discovered that there was weed amongst the wheat, they asked the master, Do you want us to go and pull them up? Do you want us to go and pull them up? He said, Do you want us to go and purify the crop? We just want to make this 100% wheat and we want to do it immediately. That's what we want to do. And I know it. I hear people all the time saying, you know, why couldn't we uh, get all of our members to clean up their acts or else? What we need around here is a spiritual spring cleaning. What we need around here is people either shape up or ship out. Or as I used to always say, don't let the door hit you on the way out. That's what we want to do. And can I confess, hey, I'm, I'm tempted to do the same thing. You know, I look out at the numbers and I, I look at the numbers on Sunday. You know, we do do that on Monday. We look at the numbers. We look at attendance. We look at finances. And we look at all the other things, how many visitors we have. And, and I look at that and, and I'm tempted uh, on Monday, after I'm, I'm tempted to turn on my resignation, I'm, I said, that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, and, and I sit there and I say, what we need to do, we need equal commitment. We need equal dedication. We need people that may will make equal sacrifice. What we need is a clean house. I'm tempted. I, I, I'm tempted to do that. People either shape up or ship out. I confess I'm tempted by that. But the Bible says that I can flee from temptation. You see, that's what we're tempted to do. And it's a strong temptation. But you know what Jesus says? He says, No, you can't do that. That's not our prerogative. He tells us why. Look at verse 29. He says, "No, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them." Jesus is saying that we may do more damage than good. You see, that's the nature of this plant. The roots become connected. The roots become intertwined, and in our desire to purify the crop, we may pull up the good wheat as well as the bad weed. So we don't have the insight to know who's a weed and who's a wheat. But he tells us another reason. Look at verse 30 of the passage. He says, Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Jesus is saying in this passage... We do not have the authority to purify the crop in our time. He's the only one that has the authority to purify the crop. It'll be done in his time and by him alone. We don't have the insight and we don't have the right to purify the crop. But when the time comes, and that time is coming, when the time comes, God himself will purify the crop He'll send his angels and it says, as he'll eradicate sin and all those who cause sin from the midst of us and they will be gone. So what do we do? What do we do? Perhaps the old saying that we said years ago was applicable to us. The saying was this, there is so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it hardly becomes any of us to talk about the rest of us. Perhaps that is true for us. I know what we're inclined to do. We're inclined to start looking around. We're inclined to start questioning individuals. Is that person a weed? Is that person a weed? But you see, the the challenge of this text this morning... Is not for us to look at others, but thus to look at ourselves. That's the challenge of this text. In light of the mixed conditions in the kingdom, and as difficult as it might be, we had better put ourselves under the question wheat or weed? When do you think you might need to ponder this question? When do you think you might need to consider this question? Am I a wheat? Or a weed? When should I ponder this question? When I claim to be wheat and carelessly exhibit the same values as a weed. When I claim to be wheat, but I exhibit the same priorities as a weed. When I claim to be wheat, but I resemble the lifestyle of a weed. When I claim to be wheat, but I disregard the significance of the church in my life like a weed. When you begin to filter your, examine your life through those questions, you may be able to discover the answer that you're looking for. Am I a wheat or am I a weed? The tragedy of this parable, if we could call it a tragedy, and hear me on this. The tragedy of this parable, a weed can never be a wheat. No matter how hard the weed tries, he can never be a wheat. However, Jesus has the ability to change us. Jesus has the ability to convert a weed into a wheat. But he's the only one that can do it. You see, that's what the gospel all about. That's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Jesus came to this earth to change a weed of an individual like me into a nice piece of wheat. He came to change me who, who was soaked in sin and stained by rebellion and disobedience to God and transform me into a child of God. And he can do the same thing for you. He can do the same, same thing for each one of you. But first, you gotta come to Jesus Christ and you gotta admit your need for a savior. You gotta admit your need for somebody to save you from your sins and give you life eternal. Some of you may need to do that this morning. The thing that's interesting about this passage is that they can be amongst us forever, forever. And the whole time they think they're a wheat, In reality, they're a weed. The question you have to ask yourself, where are you in this picture? Where do you fit in this picture? God can save you. If you believe in Jesus Christ, he can transform your life in what he would have it to be. And then you'd no longer be a weed, but you'd be a weed. In a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation time and we, we respond to what we've heard I don't know how God would have you respond. You know, you know I, Maybe there's somebody here who said, you know what, I really need to get my heart right, with Jesus. I don't want to wait to the end of time to find out that I was actually a weed, incognito. And all the time I thought it was a weed. Consider, have you ever made a personal profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Notice what I did not say. I did not ask when you joined the church, when you were baptized, When you got your life right, I ask that you ever come to a point when you acknowledged your sin and accepted Jesus Christ as the payment for your sins. Because if you can't answer that question, then I'm going to tell you flat out you're not saved. You're not saved. Church doesn't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. Good works doesn't save you. Having right thoughts doesn't save you. It's belief in Jesus Christ and committing your life to him. So for some of you, you need to do it for the very first time. Say, you know, I need Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. So that when the angels come to reap the harvest, they won't bind you up and throw you in the fire where there'll be gnawing and gnashing of teeth. Instead, they will harvest you and put you in the house of the Lord. For others of you, you need a church home, a place where you can, you can be involved, you can minister, you can serve, you can use your talents, your tithe and your time for kingdom business and not your own business. Whatever decision you make, we're going to invite you to come as we stand together.